2: and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew
3: Carrie Josh Eddie and Bob all right we are back it is the unofficial 40 podcast here on soonerscoop.com we welcome in the entire crew once again uh, Josh Eddie Bob and myself Carrie Murdoch uh, here to break down uh, really what we should start, I think, is the Rivals 100, the Rivals 250 uh, that was just released for 2021 because uh, one of OU's prime targets ends up number one overall. And that is Brock Vandergriff, the quarterback out of Georgia. Uh, and first off, I know, Bob, you've done uh, a lot of uh, preview articles and, and articles just kind of highlighting what people should know about this list being released. Uh, what kind of were your thoughts just on the initial Ranking of Brock Vandegriff as the number one player in the country.
0: That's pretty incredible. I think we all knew he'd be uh, in five-star territory, top 10, maybe top five, but you start going elite of the elite of the elite when you're talking, you know, is he in conversation for the number one overall prospect? And when that hit Tuesday, I mean, that's just huge because it just looks like if things continue on their trajectory, the Sooners could end up being with the number one overall prospect. Not number one quarterback, not just that, but the number one overall prospect come off a great camp in Norman less than two weeks ago. And if that momentum just keeps building and building, I mean, that would just be one heck of a get. And it's been so long since OU's been in such the big recruiting spotlight like that with the number one overall guy.
3: And Josh, I know kind of inside radio stuff, uh, you'd kind of been hearing some things behind the scenes scenes and it even kind of hinted up to us a couple of weeks ago like hey it's possible that Vandegrift could be the number two overall player in the country we were blown away by that and then it comes out and
2: he's number one yeah you know that was um something that uh, I guess it's kind of like Bob said I don't know that I'd call it a surprise but it was just one of those things where he hasn't had all this groundswell since he was an 8th grader or anything. Like some of these guys, yeah. they're so well known so early that it almost they almost automatically ascend to that spot. This is a guy that a year ago didn't have a lot of offers, wasn't all that well known and hadn't really even been a full-time starter for his high school team. I mean, so you you're just talking about a guy that really has rapidly risen up the ranks, but you guys saw him in Norman. I saw him at the Atlanta RCS. It's not hard to understand why. I mean, he is a special talent when the ball comes out of his hand. So, uh, again, for Oklahoma to be involved here and to be, in my mind, the leader uh, after his visit a couple weeks ago, uh, I think this is just huge for Oklahoma. You know what's crazy, Eddie, is we watch Vandegrift throwing
3: and some of the passes he made, uh, his his arm strength is so good. Like, he was hitting some windows. Like, he would hit receivers kind of on their fingertips, and you would say to yourself – well, there's there's not many high school kids that could make that play, but that was definitely a college
1: throw yeah, right there. The the impressive part about it is, is he's working with guys he's never thrown to. Yeah. So it's all basically he's putting the ball where he needs to put it. Uh, I guess if that makes sense, like he, he's having to put the ball exactly in, in exact places. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it was uh, it was it was fairly impressive as far as what he was able to do, and then obviously the. Uh, how do you say it? The Brown kid, uh Relique, Relique, yeah. Relique mm-hmm. Brown. Yeah. He, was, he was awesome at the camp. You put at those camp, two together, and there yeah, was no stopping it's, it's them. A, it was they would be a good uh, two-on-two bas- <laughs> uh two-on-two football team if they had that out there. It would be uh, a lot of fun coming. to watch. Josh, I, you know what's interesting is, is I know that you love Trevor Lawrence in the in the camp setting, and we're going to have a chance to see uh, Vandergriff. Next week, I guess, yeah, uh, at the five-star week. challenge. Uh, are you kind of interested to just see how he matches up with, uh, I guess, basically the rest of that quarterback crop as far as the 21, 2021 kids and then obviously as well as the 2020 guys? It seems like he could be one of those special, special talents in that, in that group.
2: Oh, I'm really anxious to see him. I mean, because Bryce Young is supposed to be there. I mean, so you're going to see him against a lot of the best guys in the year ahead of him. And if he's as good as I think he is, I I think he'll stand up to any of them. I I think what I saw at the Atlanta RCS is better than what I've ever seen from Bryce Young in two or three camp settings I've seen him in. I was getting ready to say, I mean, we saw Bryce Young last year
3: uh, mm -hmm. and knowing that Spencer Rattler was in the fold – Um, Bryce Young, I mean, he's not the most impressive looking guy I've ever seen at court, but I mean, he doesn't go out there and you're just like, wow, that, I mean, he doesn't have prototypical size. Uh, his arm strength, I think is better than I, than I thought just kind of, he looks better on film than he does in person. And maybe it's because he was just kind of being nonchalant at the five star. Um, but he, I don't know, Eddie, I mean, you remember watching him. I mean, we all had eyes on him. I, I do think that Brock Vandegrift will look more impressive in that setting than Bryce Young.
1: It's always tough to. It, it, it kind of almost like depends on how that guy's team's doing that day. Yeah. Because uh, they split them up into what? Four teams, I guess? Four different
3: it was It was Theo Weeze that just was like, I'm playing defense now. Yeah, there's like, like some
1: guys that will go and go for, you know, go hard during the individual stuff and go to the one on ones and compete against the, you know, I guess the best of their class. Like and then, Trajan
3: Bridges f- competed his ass off to win right. the MVP award. Yeah, and then yes. you get
1: to the seven-on-seven seven portion, and it's like, yeah, you lose a game or you get out of the running to win the, I guess, quote-unquote championship, and it's kind of like, yeah, Turns into this. grab-ass time. Yeah, basically it's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are guys, though, that go out there and they have really good days. And, you know, obviously, I, I think that Vandergriff will be one of those guys that I would, especially as maybe kind of as as an underclassman or, I guess, a younger guy, trying to impress a lot of people. Sure,
3: Yeah. I mean, that's going to be, what's going to be cool about it is, uh, and, and also kind of
1: in his hometown. So it's, there's certainly going to be a comfort home
3: court advantage
1: situation. Yeah. Like home, I guess home field technically.
3: So, uh, yeah, I mean, but five stars coming up uh, next week, uh, interview sessions will be Monday and then the action on the field will be Tuesday at the Mercedes Benz dome, which is a really cool place. Um, I, Josh, let me ask you just kind of what are you looking forward to in, in terms of kids uh, just talking to uh, maybe that you haven't talked to in a while or you're curious, uh, maybe you have talked to them, but you're curious about their interest level in OU.
2: Well, one of the guys that always comes up for me in this conversation is Keely Ringo. And I know a lot of OU fans kind of groan I, and I get it. I mean, that's fine. But I want to know what happened because he was days away from taking a trip for that spring game and then since then it's like Oklahoma fell off the map now is that really what's happened or has something changed because he had such a good relationship with Alex Grinch he was so excited about that hiring he was messaging me and talking to me about it back when it happened that it's a little surprising to me that like they just they're not part of the equation anymore like I don't I don't really know that I understand that another guy Zach Evans Let's let's get to the yeah. bottom of all this. Let's talk about it. Let's see. I I don't think I could ever just outwardly in an interview be a jerk to a kid and that's not what I want to be to Zach at all. <laughs> Uh-oh. But I'm going to ask some tough questions. Like listen, you haven't been to Oklahoma in a year and they're in your top 5. You've been to UT and A&M half a dozen times in that in that timeline. How do we make sense of that? Like what 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 can you tell me that makes sense or, you know, you announce your top five, and you immediately go to Alabama. Your teammate commits to Alabama. Um, there is all this reason to see you kind of moving in that direction. Why, why is it even a top five? I mean, it feels like maybe it should be a top three. And uh, like I said, it's not, it's not about being mean. It's just about asking obvious questions that I think just should be there. Well, the
3: other thing is, what does it matter if he's putting Oklahoma in there when they've already got two running backs? I mean,
2: absolutely. And and what what is OU's level of contact been with him since that top five since Seth McGowan committed? Um, you know what what's all that been like? I mean, I think that's that's like I said, just questions that we have to kind of get to the bottom of and see what's what. Now with Zach, he's kind of a quiet kid. I don't know how much he'll give me on that stuff, but you at least want
0: to give him a chance to address it. And and like we have said bev- uh, uh, before, when he put that list out, well, that means. Jay Bower, Lincoln Riley, they gotta go back to Jason McClellan. They gotta go back to Seth McGowan and explain, wait a minute, They're like we're not We're just, not rec- we're we're just we're as surprised down, yeah. as you that we're listed in this kid's top five because you are our guys.
2: I had deleted his number from my phone. I don't even know why this is comp- this is why this is happening. But I mean like and you get into some other guys. Another good one is Philip Webb, who's a Rivals one hundred guy a linebacker from Georgia talking about taking a trip to Oklahoma sometime this summer and really is a guy that I, I saw in Atlanta and I talked to a few people that had already interviewed him by the time I got there because I had a whole flight issue. But when I got there, they are like, yeah, he didn't mention really anybody but a few SEC schools. So I'm like, okay, I guess I don't need to do that. But now I, I'm just going to have to. That, that's the way that is. And finally, Bryson Washington and Jacoby Covington. I mean, I think if you were going to say Oklahoma could have – the two safeties that they have, A, the best shot at, and B, are the most talented, those are probably the two guys. And Bryson Washington is going to be in, in Atlanta and literally weeks from his announcement. So we'll kind of get a chance to get a feel for for what that's going to be about and what that's going to be like.
0: Now, Josh, even though we got the challenge next week, it was sort of interesting during this previous weekend where OU was on the sidelines, A&M, Texas, OSU, All come with big events, and then the Sooners get back into it Tuesday. Jalen Conyers, uh, uh, Edger and Cooper, Andrew Rame, a surprise visit that you mentioned. How, How big of a deal do you think could a day like yesterday mean moving forward?
2: Oh, it could be huge. I mean, you know, you're talking about Conyers kind of replacing the hole that Drew Sanders left at tight end. And in a lot of ways, I could make a case that as a tight end, Conyers is a better prospect. I love Drew Sanders, but I've always seen him as an outside linebacker, edge kind of guy. And I think Conyers is maybe a little more natural with the ball in his hands than Drew is. Um, on, on, the, on the other side, Andrew Rame, fresh off his official visit to Georgia, kind of sneaks into Oklahoma, doesn't say a lot about it. It's very quiet. Um, I honestly, you know, I'd love to say, oh, I, you know, I knew all of it. I kind of stumbled into the news last night. So, um, I, I I think it tells you a lot that, that between Georgia and Michigan, he's just making a random trip down to Norman. I I think that maybe Michigan can shock me, but I, 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 am as confident as I have been with with Andrew Rehm in Oklahoma. And it sounds like more and more, he's going to have this done maybe by the 4th of July. So, as I've been telling everybody for a while, this could be a very good summer for Oklahoma. And I I won't say that I knew he was going to do something this summer, but there has been gossip kind of behind the scenes for a little while on him. And I I guess finally, um, with Edger and Cooper, Oklahoma's looking for somebody at linebacker. I mean, they need somebody to step up and be like, even if he doesn't commit, Okay. This is the guy we can focus our attention on. This is the guy we've got a good shot to get. We like him. He can help us. He can do the things we need to do. They like him. I mean, they've clearly put a lot of time into him and for him to be on campus, making the way all, you know, making his own way up there. That's, that's a good sign of his interest in return. And I, I, like I said, I plan to catch up with him today and we'll kind of see what's what, but I, I think Oklahoma
0: is going to make a run at him. You know, Josh, that's all the good news. Let's go back to last weekend. That was a weekend of playing defense. Dante Manning visiting the Aggies. Brendan Walker goes back. See the Cowboys. Jace McClellan, official visit to Texas. You wondered if anything immediate was going to go down, and so so far it hasn't. As we get more and more removed from those visits, do you feel like OU has sur- has survived that, that trio? I, I do,
2: to a degree. I mean, I, I think... You know, you look at it, and you know, you even throw in um, Ryan Watts going to Penn State. I mean, so there's there's there was a lot of trepidation, and I get it from OU fans. Like there was plenty to be worried about with Dante Manning. I I, I've said it on the board a little bit. It won't if there was any guy of that four, I was going to say. I don't love where OU is right now. I would say it's Dante Manning, and I I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that OU can't sign him in December. But if there was a guy of the three commitments that took visits, that I would say I think he might decommit. I'd probably bet on Dante. I I just I feel like there's several schools that have caught his attention. He wasn't getting a lot of early attention. OU jumped on him hard. Really liked him early. Really got him kind of in the boat fast. And I think now he's starting to see there's a lot of big programs that like me. I I, you know I can play a lot of places. To me, I don't think it's a deal where he flips to Texas A&M. I think he might just open it back up. And really, to me, the danger school is LSU. If LSU wants to get serious about him, they're a, they're going to be tough for Oklahoma. To, I mean, he's been very open. That's a childhood dream school. Loves them. Loves all their production of NFL guys. There's a lot to like there. Um, we'll we'll see. I, I don't think LSU is going to have room to be perfectly honest. So I don't think that's going to even really be a part of the problem. And I still, if you were going to make me bet where he signed in December. I'd say Oklahoma, but it's going to be a fight. I know it's been Uh, – sorry, go ahead, ahead, Josh. No, just I'll I'll do it more quickly. With McClellan, I think Texas made a nice – you know, they made a nice trip for him. They impressed him. I still hear a lot that Mom really likes Oklahoma. She's very comfortable with them. They've always been very consistent with him. I think Texas has kind of gone up and down with the ebbs and flows of Zach Evans. So I think Oklahoma – is pretty good with Jace, but like all these guys, they're going to have to fight. I mean, that's just the way that's going to go. Uh, with Ryan Watts, I I got the impression he was in the area. Like it didn't, I, like he liked Penn State, but I didn't get the impression that like, oh, this is this is a game changer for me. Uh, he's a guy from the Northeast, so there's some connection there. And finally, with Brendan Walker, I I just I, over the last few weeks, I had gotten an impression. I've mentioned it in the pod, I've mentioned it on the board that maybe Oklahoma was just kind of being a little patient with him. They they weren't, you know, going to push him, wanted him to take his time. Went up to Oklahoma State, obviously they're all in on him, and I think he just kind of decided, "Okay, I want to let everybody know I'm still confident with Oklahoma State, but he never has closed the door on Oklahoma." I mean, when I asked him, "Oh, you know, if you you're, you're done now, you're with Oklahoma State," He said, no, you know, I, I'm still, I'm I'm most comfortable with Oklahoma State, but I'm not ruling anything out with Oklahoma down the road. So, it to me, if OU really wants to push for Brendan Walker,
1: I still think that's a guy they can turn. How much, and it's been talked about on the board, I don't know, I guess I'm going to ask you how much. Is is it just rumor in you and how much reality to it is there is as, as far as Oklahoma fighting a battle uh defensively, specifically in with the defensive backs?
3: But so we've don't, been talking about this. Is for it negative weeks. recruiting yeah. or is like, it we negative, all knew I mean, it was
1: coming? I mean we right. all knew and it should yeah, be and coming. And it is negative
3: recruiting. I mean it's like we asked it's you know, you wrote about it when we talked to Lincoln. I asked him straight out like you know what do you have to do to combat the the negative recruiting out there against you for the defensive for your defensive recruits? And he was very simple. He said, "We just got to play well. We yeah. just have to play." Like there's nothing you can do during June for they, that. Yeah, no. they know that this is coming. They know that they were you know bad. The reason that they got those commits because those guys were a little bit off some of these radars, and now that they're on everybody's radars, of course this is happening. So it's like we we I mean, go back a month and listen to the pause. We've but been I wouldn't say it's necessarily
1: forever. a new subject that people no, are trying to negative recruit out. against Oklahoma. Everybody's <laughs> freaking out because this weekend
3: was so bad. Right, like, right. Like it's
1: it now brought just it back to the to, forefront. The focus, but I mean, I don't we, think you're losing any Big 12 championships or national championships during the middle of June, no, though, I guess is no. what I'm. Well,
3: it's like something, to, like it's something to and complain about either. right now. I mean,
1: it's just something like, to bitch about,
3: but like LSU, you can't have all the DBs, and and Alabama, you can't have all the LBs. Like, eventually, you have to
1: let other people have some people. But how do you, I guess, combat that right now when you can't? There's nothing that you can really do about it. You just gotta, I guess, kind of you have everybody sell. buy yeah buy into what you're selling. You gotta you gotta work your ass off. Yeah. I mean you
3: you I mean that's that's what it comes down to. And Bob's got baby baby business, so he's got to get out of here. Good night, uh, Bob. What if
1: it was like, I gotta go, it's on the way. That would have been we would have gone live. We could have <laughs> yeah, gone live. We, I mean if we had more live time, Mike, I would
3: have wanted to ask him like how
2: crazy his life
1: is I got just my, worrying about I got everything. my camera, we could just go scoop HD it the entire thing.
2: I why don't I you know, could we do a pod from the room? I mean I I, I, I <laughs> think the and Bob should consider that, yeah. I don't
1: think that'd be a problem at all. No.
2: We could definitely do it from the waiting room. What a surprise. Bob leaves the room and we go off the rails. That's um uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that pretty much sums it up right there. Well, it, it, I mean, he became the host of the Josh
3: McQuistion recruiting show there for a minute. I he was enjoying I li- it. Boy, I liked it. Yeah, I, I felt all special. Big Crimson TXs. Oh. <laughs> he now he, now he hates the pod again.
1: Yeah, we'll get him. A, give him a minute, get cleaned up. No, get, but get, I knew
3: that was coming, the napkin whole... Napkin out or whatever you like need. Like this whole, you know, thing about, oh, oh you was suddenly getting, you know, defensively negative recruited, like... That's been happening forever. I mean that's like that's that's one of the reasons you had to make a change for Mike Stoops and you know even Ruffin I mean that's why you had to hire a new defensive coordinator is because you have to turn you have to completely wipe the slate clean and start over and and change the perception of Oklahoma defensively and that can't
2: well, happen until you play games. And, and part of it, like, is, okay, when, when you're talking about Dante Manning at the time of his commitment, okay, you've got Nebraska or Arizona State or some of these other schools that frankly just don't recruit on Oklahoma's level. If they're saying that stuff, you can get past it. But when LSU and other major Power Five conference programs start coming in and they start telling you these things, well, Oh, okay, you know they have more to sell of their own. It doesn't have to all be about the negative recruiting. It can be about yeah, and look at all these dudes we put in the NFL. Yeah, with, with these other schools, they they don't have anything more to sell than Oklahoma does. They just have to go negative against Oklahoma. Is am ne- so yeah, not it naming negative? those schools just as examples?
3: Is it negative if you're just telling kids the truth? Like, if you're Alabama, it's not negative recruiting by telling them all we do is put defensive players in the NFL. If you're LSU, it's not negative recruiting if they say all we do is put, you know, defensive backs in the NFL. Like, that's the truth.
2: And OU has nothing to counter those claims with. Well, I agree completely. It's just like, I mean, is it negative recruiting if Lincoln Riley walks into Brock Vandegrift's house and is like, listen, you want to be the Heisman Trophy winner and first number one overall pick? Who's got that on lock? Me. Like, I mean, it's yeah. not negative to say that Clemson or Alabama or whoever else doesn't because they don't. So it's uh, again, I think there's a really fine line between negative recruiting and, like you said, just being honest just about reality. what the facts are. I mean, yeah. the
3: reality is OU is going to have a tough time recruiting really high level defensive
2: players. They they've uh, like I said, and and even medium if, level defensive players, if you want to be honest, any it, yeah, defensive if, players. It, if they can just make some strides this year, like it will change in a hurry because Oklahoma's so – I mean, look at Perry on Winfrey. He wants to believe. He yeah. wants to believe that they it can be a different thing. And if you can get a few of those guys to buy in and then you start upgrading your talent levels and getting the kind of personnel Alex Grinch wants in there, well, then you start being able to walk in the door with certain guys. Like somebody asked me last night about Lathan Ransom. OU's not going to get Lengthen Ransom. Big time safety out of Arizona. But if you told me in two or three years from now, a similar player with similar connections, you know, with, you know, uh, a lot of the Arizona guys that Oklahoma is recruiting, if you wanted to say, okay, you know, now they're involved with this guy. Two or three years from now, if it goes the way Alex Grinch has shown he can do at Washington State then they got a damn good chance at landing that guy. And that's when you really start taking off because you get those first few NFL draft picks and then everybody's like, well, OU's got it going. And if we're just good on defense, our offense has
1: got us. You think the uh, it, it even comes up that Riley or a coaching staff member would say, you know, basically, we would have won a national championship if we would have had a better defense. Like, come be a part of this. Is that Do you think they go as easy as that? Well, we've had that discussion before, and Josh agreed.
3: Like, kids don't really look at it that way as much as they look at it. Who's going to get me to the NFL? Yeah, and just with OU, I mean, there's just no track record for
1: getting defensive guys recently to the NFL. No, I mean, I, we've talked about it at length before, but I mean, I who mean that's was a, the last. That's a selling point. Maybe it works for a few
3: guys, but it's not going to work for the elite guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but but one feeds the
2: other. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't see anybody winning national titles with no pulse on defense. And that's where if I don't know about last year, I, I think Clemson was just better than than everybody else than everybody. last year. Yeah, way better. But in 2017, that that team with just a little bit of defense, they won a national title. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, because you, you guys flat out know Nick Saban wanted no part of that Oklahoma team with all the troubles he's had with those kind of offenses. And he, Georgia was right in his wheelhouse. You want to get physical with us? Okay, we can do that. But there's a, there's a huge jump between even OU and
3: having no defense at all and having a capable defense. Like, there's a much there's a much shorter gap between capable and great than there was between OU and capable.
2: You're probably right. That's, that, I mean, that was, the, no, I agree. You're, you're right. talking
3: totally now. I mean, just go back to that run that, that Sony Michelle had where yeah. the
1: whole entire side of the, the defense was gone. Listen, I mean, go back to last year. If, if you don't get a, uh, it felt like they went down 41 if, nothing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about you don't even get there. That defense cause, uh, prevents you from even getting to the college football playoff if you don't get, um, the late turnover against Army and yeah. probably the late turnover against Oklahoma State. Well, and the West, game. West Virginia, the two turnovers there. Yeah, touchdowns. I mean, but you certainly lose the Army game. And if you lose the Army game, you're not getting into anything. No, because everyone, being from the Big 12, you've got to be damn
2: near flawless. I mean, no, I they're, definitely think. not going to allow for that. It's gonna no, be, I
3: think West Virginia and Texas, the defense played well in both those games. Yeah. And made plays Texas the second time made around. Change, yeah, yeah. game-changing plays. That's what got kept them in the college football playoff. They did just enough, but doing just enough is not going to win you a national title. No, not and you're I, going against a team that has four first-round picks on the uh, just on the defensive line itself.
1: It's going to be interesting to see if Oklahoma has run out of like their free passes almost here moving forward. Because I, I do think that the uh, get a little, fatigued. you know, well, the playoff committee is going to get a little fatigue as far as. Uh, they they've gone three times now and haven't won a game. So
3: that's you, why that's
1: why that's why
3: this is so important that Alex Grint
1: succeeds. Yeah, it's now, every
3: facet of the OU program. That
1: does go against my argument, though. Of usually, when talking about the college football playoff, is Oklahoma still has the logo on their helmet, and if they go undefeated or yeah. lose one game, they're always going to be in the conversation. It, that's just the way it is. That's the way college football works. Well, apparently, there's no fatigue for Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, OU. Uh you want
3: to include anybody else in the Georgia?
1: Well win the SEC like, win the s c c and you're always gonna get in. Clemson's gonna get in because ACC's just not very good. There's no fatigue for USC. USC goes ten and eleven and one, they're gonna get in. Oh, though somebody will want them. I mean Pac twelve Pac twelve's gotta get in. All better, they have is though. Washington. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys wanted to look
2: at it and go head to head, do you think the Big Twelve is a better conference than the Pac twelve? Yes. I don't know
1: last year absolutely I, absolutely now
2: i i would definitely say the 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 bell cow program is better oklahoma is better than anybody in the big pac-12 right now and i don't think it's you know they're they're seven points better than washington year in and year
1: out what does you know what does iowa state finish in the pac-12 you think and we don't even have to say this year we'll say last year and we'll give them they'd be they'd be behind both the washington schools
3: yeah, but can you I mean, say that, that Texas game against USC last year? They were so much better than they were.
1: Texas was,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. even close.
2: Oh. Well, <laughs> that's that's again. That's why Bryce Young is making a really advisable decision. Uh, Clay Helton's really got it going out there. Um, no, but, I. But I mean, I like
3: in Washington. I thought at one time they had a really good team. They disappeared overnight. Like. Their, their defensive line was really good a couple of years ago. They were just so-so this year. And, God, what's their quarterback's name? Bro, is
2: he Brock something? Uh, he was well, awful. Well, now it'll uh, – Jake Browning. Yes. Jake Browning was off. But uh, now they've got Jacob Eason, the kid that transferred from Georgia. So, yeah, crazy that Georgia had three guys in the same room that may start at three different major Power Five programs this year. It's because Jake Frum's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we've talked about it. He's the guy everybody would have bet against. It was Fields or Eason was going to be the guy for Georgia, and it's Jake Fromm and the other two left.
1: Well, I guess depending on how much Oregon cheats over the next year and a half, two years, they could probably get themselves back in the mix. Herbert was kind of, I don't know, he was not very good last year. Disappointing. He, yeah, disappointing Probably of, be the yeah, best he, way to he, say he, it. it.
3: It was a great year for him to go in the draft, and he he had such a – he kind year, of shit all go. over himself and yeah. couldn't go. He yeah. he wasn't going
1: to go as high as he probably wanted to.
2: Well, I mean, if Daniel Jones can go six, there's no telling
1: how high Justin Herbert is. <laughs> <No, there's, laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Huh. He might have been a did giant. You, yeah, the Giants was, can't draft did, everybody, though.
2: Did you see that the Yankees fans <laughs> booed him?
1: Yeah, I did see that. I didn't see that. It was <laughs> like on Monday night <laughs> or something or Tuesday night.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Welcome he hasn't New played New a game
1: yet.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I think one of it like um it wasn't Sterling, but Sterling retweeted it, one of the other receivers is like, What for?
1: Like, yeah like, based what? on what? He
2: has done nothing yet. Yeah, like it's not the kids' fault that he got picked number six overall. He didn't do anything. Well, I mean, literally. That's but, you if, know
1: if if that's the type of uh thing that they're gonna do, it and and by them I mean the players, they probably aren't playing in the right market. they're gonna get killed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: that's not a good situation
2: uh anyway we're do we do we have anything recruiting we still want to cover um i guess we you know i I guess to kind of get it back on track because i know we were talking a little bit of the rivals 100 um the thing nobody's talking about oklahoma has a chance to land three top 10 players i mean in like a not a great chance, but a completely respectable chance. Brock Vandegrift, obviously we've talked about. Kamar Wheaton, the number one running back in the country, a kid out of Garland um, that's supposed to come up to Oklahoma sometime this summer, is a hes a monster. I mean, big guy, can fly. He's, he's all you're looking for. And when Oklahoma has the proximity and they can sell him on all their running back production – and, you know, maybe it's a perfect timing with Joe Mixon kind of looking like he could have a big year for the Bengals this year. Yeah. Um, and then you throw in also uh, Savion Bird, the offensive tackle from Duncanville, that OU offered five months ago and Bill Bedenboe's been heavily involved with. Duncanville hasn't been good to Oklahoma, so that kind of makes you wonder. But, I mean, there's a lot of reason to believe Oklahoma could make a
1: run there if they, uh, if they can get him on campus in the next, you know, six months. How many times over the next... Two years? Are you going to hear that Duncanville's just sending everybody to Texas because of the samples uh, connection?
2: That is a um, that's a real thing, man. I mean it's it's not it's interesting to me how much Kendrick Blackshire has gone from a guy that a lot of people thought OU was in good shape with to a guy that Oklahoma kind of feels on the outside looking in for. So um, now I think some of that I wonder is Oklahoma you know, he's 6'1", 250. Like, that's not really the kind of guys OU's recruiting right now at, at that Mike position. So maybe some of it's mutual, but there's no question that it do- Oklahoma doesn't get mentioned with him like they used to. It's like a
3: human Godzilla,
2: 6'1", 250. He, dude, kind have you like seen him in person Godzilla. before? Yeah, I've seen tape of him, yeah. Jesus, Christ. no. When you see him in person, that dude is, I mean, he looks like an SEC all-conference linebacker, and he did as like a freshman. I mean, he is – I've seen very few kids like him that are that developed that young. It you just I'm picturing Reuben Foster at the five-star in my mind. That's that's a pretty good comp. It's that kind of look that you're just like, holy – I mean, amongst all these other dudes, he doesn't look – the. Same. I mean, I love Justin Flo. Justin Flo would be one of my all-time favorite Mike recruits and he doesn't look anything like Blackshire. I mean, Justin's a guy that just kind of... I mean, like, he's clearly a good athlete and that kind of stuff, but Blackshire's a dude, like, he's the first guy off the bus. Uh, in terms of,
3: you know, state kids, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit uh, in, in the Rivals 250. Uh, I know, uh, you know, there's, there's some interest
2: in, in how they're going to do. What, what kind of came out of that, Josh? Well... You know, we should start with there were no in-state players that that made the the 100. They didn't do the full 250. Um, I think guys that really got consideration were uh, Kendall Daniels, um, Ethan Downs, AJ Green didn't receive a ranking, and I think that's largely just because. He doesn't have a lot of sophomore tape, and a lot of people didn't get to see him this spring because he was injured with his hamstring and doing track stuff. So there was just a little bit of limited, you know, viewing, I guess you'd say. So I think those guys are definitely in the conversation. For me, the guy that's really kind of flying under the radar is Bryce Stevens at John Marshall. I think Bryce Stevens is a good bet, maybe to be the next in state offer for Oklahoma. I, 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 you know, we'll have a little more on it in Scoop this week, but. I, I'm hearing some very positive buzz that that more and more Oklahoma seems to be taking a shine to him. Um, after he ran like a four-three-five or something at the Oklahoma State camp, I mean he's picked up a lot of attention from that. So, you know, I, again, I, 2021 is a very talented group in my opinion. They're not the obvious guys. Like Andrew Rain was a guy; the second you saw him, you knew. Some of the, like Kendall Daniels, I think Kendall Daniels could be a future All American. I mean, he's that talented, but where does he play? He plays safety in high school. He hasn't played a lot of football to begin with, and he probably projects as a linebacker in college. So there's, there's just a lot of moving parts. AJ Green sees himself as a running back, but he's clearly a corner uh Ethan Downs has played a lot of running back at Weatherford he's clearly going to have to be a defensive end in the college game and I when you look at his sophomore tape you see a lot of running back highlights you don't see a lot on defense so like I said there's just some questions with some of these guys that they've got time to answer now but now they kind of know where they are and we kind of get to figure out you know what's going to be what for each of these
1: guys yeah that's kind of the important thing to remember especially with the 2021 group is the fact that they're just going into their junior years. There's still a ton of football in their yeah, high school a, careers to be played. If you play in a big program, I mean... You probably didn't. You got yeah. some snaps on varsity, but I wouldn't... I mean, I'm trying to think if any of those... I mean, I guess like an Ethan Downs probably got a lot of play at Weatherford. But, uh, I mean, A.J. Green up at Union, probably not just terribly too much as a sophomore, right?
2: He actually played
1: quite a bit. Right. Um, but, I mean... <laughs> With him
2: and uh, Travis McLeod, who signed with Utah at their corners, not a lot of people were going to the air and against Union last year. I mean, they just knew like that's that's. I mean, not that Union isn't always pretty much more talented than everybody, but two corners that are going to play major Power Five football, that's it's not a real recipe for success to keep putting the ball up in the air. So I think a lot of guys kind of got away from that. Um, and so he just didn't have a lot on tape where you could really watch him and evaluate him. And I thought he'd clear that up this spring. But like I said, with, between him being a, a real contender for the state 100-meter track uh, championship and then you throw in that he hurt himself near the end of that, he didn't get to do any spring ball. There's There just weren't a lot of opportunities to see him. Josh, let me ask you, uh, in terms of the Rivals
3: 100 uh, that was released, OU prospects, uh, maybe that you were surprised the most that – of where they landed or
2: didn't land. Well, for me, I mean, it would definitely have to be um, Cody Jackson. Not being in the 100 surprises me a lot. I mean, this is a six foot one plus, you know, 190 pound kid, well put together. That, like I, you know, I, I, I've mentioned several times, is a very legitimate speed guy. That you know, I know everybody wants to make the comparison because he's from the same school as C.D. Lamb but C.D. Lamb was kind of a silky, smooth, going to work across the middle kind of guy, very, very much in the way that OU uses him. Cody Jackson is, I, I'm not going to say Marquise Brown, but it's in that realm. I mean, this is a guy that can run away from really fast guys. And c- so, you know, to see that size, to see his production, he's played in a really good district, uh, played against good competition. You know, uh, I, I'm a little surprised that he hasn't gotten a little more of a bump but you know he did start out as a 5.84 star so it's not like it's just wildly off it's just i'm a little surprised that it played out the way it did um now let you guys buy me like five seconds and i'll kind of look over the list because i'm sure there's some guy i'm forgetting
1: but cody is the one that jumps out i'll throw a name out there how about his teammate ruben fathery oh
2: lord yeah that's um
3: i'm using inside information to me
2: yeah, I messaged somebody uh, last night. I think it was us. It wasn't you guys. Well, yeah. it was you guys, and then I talked to a few other people. Ruben Fathery to me, is a five-star talent. Now, I understand that he's about 6'8 and about 305 and looks like an NBA power forward right now. He, he's still kind of long and lanky, but... The idea of him not being in the 100 for me as an offensive line guy is unthinkable. I don't understand it I, I don't get it. I you know there's plenty of times where I say, oh, okay you know I, I can kind of make that allowance here. I don't understand that at all. and I, I've looked at some of the other rankings and I think at 24-7 he's like 87. I, I don't know if I'm just higher on him than the rest of the world and I think I am. But to me, you know, when I've watched him several times in person, I see a top 15 guy in the country. Like, I, I just see a guy that has... Okay, that's that's a guy that could someday be a number one overall pick as a left tackle. He's, he is that gifted. His feet are that good. And you watch him go against other elite guys, and he just dominates. And I, I don't know what more you need to see at that point. But, like I said, we'll see what happens. I... I wasn't fully apprised of some of the stuff that was, you know, some of, I, di- I didn't realize 2021's rankings were coming out when they were. And that's, that's really on me. That's not on rivals. I, they come out about this time every year. I should have known. But I, I had a chance to see some guys that other people didn't see. I think Jackson and Father E, chiefly among them. But as time goes on, we'll, you know, I'll talk to some people. We'll, we'll go over some rankings and at least maybe I can understand where these ideas are coming from. The, la- the other guy I do want to mention, uh, two Katie guys, actually. Bryce Foster, who came in at 90th in the country. Bryce Foster, if there's a better guard in the country, I'll have to see him. I It's it's an unbelievable good year for offensive linemen in Houston. You've got Colin Montgomery, Donovan Jackson, Bryce Foster, Fathery, e, Hayden Connor. Those five guys would be, if you landed those five out of Houston, it would be the best class of offensive linemen Oklahoma has signed under Bill Bedenbow and probably one of the best ever in the school's history. I mean that's that's how good those guys are, and it's just in the greater Houston area. Foster is just a mauler. He's nasty. I, I lo- even in camps, he just like wants to kick the guy while he's down. Like he I mean, and he's he's not. Bryce is an incredibly nice and good kid, but like he just has that in him. Like he finishes people the way you want a guard to do. The last one is Toon Miche Adelier from Katie Tompkins. Uh, came in at 71 so like it's not like this is some huge disrespect to these guys clearly rivals knows they're very very good adelier is probably a little on the short side to be a uh, a true like five star guy for me right now but in that 30 to 50 range that's where i'd have him i i think he is extraordinarily good i, I you
3: just put I, I, you put me in a trance.
2: I, I do that. I'm really sorry. Listen to me talk about these guys and their rankings is no. I'm is not saying you, I didn't say you talk. put me
3: to sleep. I'd say you put me in a trance. <laughs> uh, Eddie, would you like to comment on uh, your surroundings today?
1: Very, very impressive. <laughs> we are working out of an office today that has been uh, cleaned out, and it's I've never seen the floor in here like this. Yeah, it's pretty impressive.
3: I just threw all the shit in another room.
1: Well, I can't tell because. Uh, it does look good in here.
3: We're, we're 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 in under construction. We've got some some uh
2: upgrading to do in the studio. Does look good though. Um I got to ask. I wasn't in the room, but Bob and you were there alone for a while Kerry. Yeah. Did he need to use your chair? I mean just the cleanliness did it get him that excited? <laughs> We've debunked the chair thing, but people will not let the chair thing
1: go. They still the want to believe that
3: Eddie sits in my special chair top 10
1: creepy comment
3: yeah people are not willing to let the chair go well i mean they they like making jokes about it i'm just like mm, shouldn't have opened that pandora's box it's just bad it's all the way around it's it's getting pretty bad uh the the house is getting taken over by sooner scoop and there's another phase coming next it's scary i won't have a living room anymore so i'm really looking forward to that Eddie can start a fire while he works at his his station.
1: Actually, I don't know if I I'd do know. that.
3: You like starting fires, don't you? No. That wasn't a not thing. Not particularly. That wasn't a thing that you did. No, arson is, is not drove one of my you away from.
1: uh arson is not one of my uh just calling destruction cards. of property. Yeah, just destruction of property.
2: <laughs> Maybe sure. that was our maybe that was our generation, Carrie. Because I was definitely a fire starter. I, I, I like I kid. like
3: fire. I've always liked yeah. fire. I like
2: burning things. I always thought it was. I fun. Can remember I can remember burning leaves in my backyard. Enjoyed that a lot. Love Fourth of July. Love fireworks. Okay, I'm not a big fireworks person. We kind of found this out at Disney when we were down there a couple months ago. Uh, each night, Disney, you know, at the Magic Kingdom, does this huge fireworks show. It's like hundred thousand dollars or something every night. Like it's a huge Oh, your dad pod show. alert, by the way. <laughs> so I uh every night like someone had to stay in the room with the girls and my wife would go with, you know, my in laws and they would go watch the fireworks. Well they're like by the third night they're like, Oh Josh, you should go, you know I'm like, I, I don't really care. Like I I I it was while um oh what was happening. It was um so, oh, it was uh, NCAA basketball tournament. So I was watching like Final Four games and stuff. And I was like, I'd much rather watch this than go watch the fireworks. Like, I don't care at all about the fireworks. Like, fireworks, it's fine, but I've seen them a thousand times. Like, it's not like there's new firework technology. Like, it's just the same shit, just stuff exploding in the sky. And that's cool when I don't have anything better to do, but it's not something I would ever seek out. See, that's not the fireworks I'm talking
3: about. Like, I enjoyed uh, going to get a tuna fish can and putting an m80 underneath it just to see how high it would go
2: that's fair that's a different conversation i i've gotten into more than a few uh man-to-man bottle rocket fights so that's uh bottle rocket or um what's the uh, roman candles uh,
3: yeah roman candles you're right you're right did you see that video that one time the guy uh basically strapped Roman candles all over his body and then walked outside and shot him all off at one time. I think I did see something like that. Was that not recently? Something. It was in the last couple of years. Maybe three That's years. That's amazing. Eh, maybe not. Because all he was wearing was uh, American flag shorts.
1: Yeah, I do think I remember something like that. Are we sure it wasn't Eddie? No, it definitely wasn't me. Okay. Uh, he
3: definitely
2: right. loved America.
1: I don't know if he I love America it. that much.
2: I wouldn't do that. I've got I've to get my 4th of July shirt on. I'm 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 all about two-time team World War champs. Is that what it is? I've got that one. I've got uh, one with an astronaut on the moon. Or is that two-time dibs defending
3: world champions? I think back-to-back
2: that's what... world champs is okay. mine. Um, wore that to the gym the other day. This guy like stops me and he's like, "Hey, man!" I'm like, "Yeah, love the shirt. Thanks, buddy." like it was just i was like that's real random because i don't talk to anybody at the gym i was like i don't put off a vibe that i want to be talked to but all right i appreciate the compliment
1: well you should have realized when you park next to another f350 there'd be another guy like you in there
2: well i mean you know (laughs) i I i was definitely sizing up his gun rack to mine so uh do you have a gun rack in your car no, no. I always tell Tiffany, though, I'm like, they're not going to steal from my truck because it. I look like the guy that's got three guns can't get in, in, in that truck. Yeah, like you're going to get shot. Yeah, that so. stepper doesn't come out unless you put the key in, right? <laughs> no, my bar is is fixed. Like, it, it stays. It's not like the uh, F-150s that, that roll out when you put the key in. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, you've got to be careful with how you get in. I, there, there is some thought that needs to go into it. Yeah, I remember the
3: first time I rode in your truck. I was like, "How the hell am I getting in this thing?" <laughs> <laughs> I remember picking I like, you guys up at that hotel. I remember thinking, like, I haven't done enough steps on the stepmaster, on the stairmaster, to be able to get up in this truck.
2: I, I'm still amazed that Eddie and I were able to park it at Houston Episcopal that night.
1: Yeah, not every high school that we go to has a uh, as nice of a parking garage as Episcopal did. Yeah. Uh Baker Mayfield is in town today.
3: We're gonna go out. Eddie, have you are you locked and loaded uh for uh Baker shenanigans?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'll be honest, not something I really am looking forward to are you doing. i curious
3: how he'll react to you. No it's been a while.
1: Not really. I'll be completely oh, no. honest, not really to it. I think as soon as he it.
3: sees you, he'll just start laughing.
1: Let's say what you, well, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I, I think- might ask him if he's going back to Fayetteville this summer. <laughs>
3: just better yet when when you when's your Fayetteville camp
1: I might ask him that yeah I don't know I it's good for content it's good to uh it'll be good to see him but I don't really look forward to that's
3: when his handlers rush us off is when so you
1: have to save that one for the end and I'll just say you run a camp (laughs) that's your job I remember the go Old stand, Spice guys go got in the so court.
3: mad at us one year uh, because we wouldn't ask Adrian Peterson enough questions about Old Spice. Jesus, oh my God! They're already
1: stealing money from kids. Just let us ask 15 minutes of questions and get out of here.
3: So I'm sure we'll
2: get there just in time for the horns down session. Uh, did you guys read some of the stuff? Uh, and I tweet. I think I sent it to you guys about the whole baker mayfield and austin camp and all the ut fans getting riled up because he had kids throwing the horns down yeah that
3: was the best part as is
2: i think it was kirk bowles or maybe it was uh uh who's your boy
3: in austin eddie uh bob Ballou. uh no the super nice I guy think Bo- oh, i think it was oh i think it was anthony anthony geronimo is that his name yeah I believe so uh somebody like tweeted it but i, bowles I was out there though too I just totally loved reading. I just fed off of those comments. It was fantastic. I mean, the people in Texas that get so offended by that, I don't understand it.
1: Those people have never been to Austin, so
3: I bet. I bet you're probably there's some truth to what you're saying.
2: I. I don't really. I've never been a a one that understood the horns down all that much from OU fans. I've always been like, get your own thing, like do your own deal. But why Texas fans choose to get pissy about? And like, it seems like all of a sudden it's a real thing. Like it used to just be like, oh, that's what fans do. But now like it's it's hurting feelings. And it's I'm like, what what are you talking about? Uh, I guess I, I don't know. Maybe that's my old man Josh for this podcast. But I. I don't understand how that's hurting anyone. It's a hand signal that it's not lewd or anything like that. It's just, when, just a hand I'm signal. I'm telling you, when you're
3: in the cotton bowl and Texas is singing Texas fight, and when they say oh, OU sucks or they scream it, like they are chanting that with murder in their hearts. You can feel that. So I don't want to hear any of this. You're hurting my feelings with the
1: horns down stuff.
3: I mean maybe Lincoln Riley should talk I don't to know Day where 12. the horns up for peace stands on this conversation, Eddie, but
1: It's June
3: (laughs) Which is kind of your only time to You know relax a little
1: bit You don't I can't escape the NBA Until the draft is over It just sucks right now
3: Yeah I got I got I'm NBA'd out Personally I don't want to talk about Trade generators Or Chris Paul
1: I just don't care
2: I just wish the, I wish the Thunder had a pick that I thought was going to help. It's just not a pick that I care about, so I'm like, meh. I love the draft in any sport, but I can't get excited about the Thunder because they're just going to get some, you know, future, D, future D-leaguer. Or Mitch McGarry. Well,
3: we can all look forward to that. I wanted him to take Mitch McGarry. I didn't know he was a
1: the world's biggest pothead. He got suspended for an entire year for weed. And then he never came back, so he would never have to pay the fine. No, he left Michigan after he did.
3: Well, that was the NCAA that suspended him, yeah. Yeah, I guess when you know when you're going to the NCAA tournament, they're going to drug test you, and you still can't stay off the weed, probably should have been the first red flag.
2: It's like, what's his name uh, for Nebraska that the Cowboys picked that just literally can't stay out of his own way? Randy G- Gregory, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, couldn't think of his name. Well done, Eddie. Well, uh, outside of that,
3: there's really nothing going on. So,
2: I think we're no. done here. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> oh, what about? Uh, wasn't there Riley contract news? Yeah, uh, Eric Bailey, Tulsa World, uh, got hold of uh, Lincoln's
3: contract and put some of the details out uh I you know I pretty standard stuff I thought it was interesting the way they set it up with the buyout basically saying look we're not gonna make it ridiculous for you to get out of here but we'd like you to stay for a little while and then after five years or six years or whatever it'd be easy for you to get out of here and we'll give you seven hundred thousand dollars a year for you staying
2: that's that, that's good money if you can get it yeah I will
3: say like this that. I am And it's nothing against Lincoln Riley, but God damn it. Why, why do you need to put cars into contracts for people that are making $6 million? Why not? Buy your own damn car. None of the, none of the assistant coaches buy their own Well, it's good for the assistants because they're not making $6 million a year. And I'm even okay with like the private plane flights and stuff.
2: Buy your own car for, that's for every head coach. You can afford. It's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, I mean, think of the cars that he could buy just with his bonus of staying for the extra year. Literally, you know, almost any car made.
3: It's it's ridiculous, and I mean, he doesn't drive a ridiculous car. Is it Lincoln or whatever? It's nice. He drives a Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, Lincoln drives a Lincoln. Yeah, that's great. It's probably because the Lincoln dealership wanted to supply it. They really wanted Lincoln, because I could see that, like. The car dealers really want the coaches, the head coach to drive their car. Hell, maybe OU gets gets a little side action from the car dealership. But man, this that's the one thing that I have a problem with. I mean, other than the fact that the players don't get paid anything and they should. But the head coach that's making it's got a thirty two and a half million dollar contract. Doesn't really it's not, not against Lincoln, Riley. I don't know. If I had one pet peeve, that's it. Everything else I'm fine with. I did think it was kind of interesting, Eddie, that they've kind of reintroduced
1: or tried to reintroduce the baseball and softball upgrades a little bit. Yeah, that was kind of weird that it came out of nowhere. I don't really I don't know the stat the complete status of that, but I mean, listen, it could be the just that Gallagher has gone yeah. and they feel like, okay, it's time to flaunt some stuff. Maybe. It it just seems like one of those things, like. They're gonna build stuff when they get money. Yeah. Like somebody said, Oh, well, they made forty three million dollars in uh, in T V rights. Why don't they just use that? It's not exactly how this thing works. Yeah. That money You don't just take the money that you make in T V contracts and then just put it back into con into a uh, they've stadiums. gotta pay
3: people, they've gotta pay staff, they've gotta pay other They gotta they buy Lincoln Riley a car. They gotta pay they gotta pay uh, travel for women's tennis. I mean all that money goes to run the athletic department. It doesn't go to build facilities. No. So if you want to
1: build a softball stadium, cut a check. Write a check.
3: I wonder how much a GoFundMe that we start could raise for softball. I don't know. We couldn't do that, though. It would be a, an NCAA violation. I I'd
1: rather just start a GoFundMe and buy new computers or something. <laughs>
3: for your... You mean for us? Yes. I see what you did there.
2: Why well, you gotta bring up old shit Eddie?
3: Yeah, Eddie. I'm just kidding. Why you, gotta ble- why you gotta get messed around in the old bleep?
1: I'm just kidding. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go rewrite Eric's story. <laughs> now that's yeah. That's worthy of it's, it's hashtag clickbait. it's clickbait June. Is my it's content, uh, the hashtag that I've started? Content farm
2: June really. Should we make a point to like retweet stories like Eric's, so like that the actual I almost quote his, tweeted
3: some of the I do. the people yesterday with the link to the and you know saying something smart you know smart ass like, or you could just click to the original story, yeah that you stole this from, yeah it's just weird That's, to me, I mean it's been going on forever it's not no it telling. is
1: but or it has but I mean how.
3: How is it
2: legal? I don't ever understand how it's legal well, that's because that's the thing. No world's one a subscription is, thing.
3: No one has ever set precedent for that kind of thing. And it's just something that happens, will happen. I mean, I saw something... Uh, people just don't... I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. People don't understand how this all works. I saw there was some girl like that... J.D. Reynolds kept retweeting and she would show a picture to a player. like, And she would say, can I have your permission to use this picture? Like, That's not how that works. Just because the picture is of someone doesn't mean they own the rights to that picture.
2: Yes. That and this is was a grown woman. It, that is confusing when I deal with high school kids. I'm like, I, look, I know you're sending me the picture. That doesn't mean that the, the, the stamp on it of Tom Jones photography is, is not in control of this. It happened with Jalen Redmond. Like, he sent your
3: photo to Vibe, and they used it without just even asking oh, us.
2: That's and right. And I flipped
3: out. That's it right. It didn't I've go well.
2: That. Uh, that doesn't sound like you. You're, you're, <laughs> very, you're very level. Uh, no, I. To, you know, we are talking about Jalen Conyers earlier. One of our members has a online site um, that kind of works out in the Oklahoma panhandle and covers a lot of Texas as well. Well, he had some great shots of Jalen Conyers that he just gave to us. I guess I... Painhandleillustrated.com. Like, I want to give him a little plug for, uh-huh. you know, doing it. Because he Very just nice. gave us the pictures. And we've got some great shots of him now. Uh, just because one of our members, you know, just... And, I, and again, he sent them to me. And I still was like, and you're, you're telling me I can use these, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it should be fine. Just, you know, credit the pictures. Cool, man. No problem. So, uh, you know, a little shout out to him. But, uh so just... Like I said that that sort of stuff I you're right people don't understand that you don't just get to like if if Baker Mayfield's in the picture he doesn't own said picture.
3: Well, and what we're talking about is you know it'd be like if you got uh you know an interview with James Harden talking about why he doesn't like Chris Paul and you're the only one to get it and everyone else just took your story and put it somewhere else. Like that's in every other aspect of life that's stealing but it's not with and that's why you see people going all these newspapers going to pay and and all that stuff i mean the athletic is doing well which is good
1: chris paul's just a miserable person
3: <laughs> is he miserable or is james harden miserable
1: i think they're both miserable there's
3: darryl morey miserable i hate James darryl Harden. Morey. sounds like a puss I don't think that, that, that couldn't
2: have been true about bitch-tit stuff, right? I mean, it can't be, right? If it is, that's... That had to be fake. How does James Harden survive a night in the NBA if that, if that
1: messes him up? Very petty people. They're NBA basketball <laughs> this, players. This league.
3: All right, well, uh, we've got some stuff to do. We're going to go out and see Baker. Um, and uh, just stay tuned. Uh, as the Rivals five-star camp is coming up, uh, stay tuned um, for, you know, what's going on, any commitments that might happen. Uh, as Josh said, they it should be a really good summer for Oklahoma, uh, so there's going to be a lot of things to keep your eyes on, and uh, we'll be doing that leading up to uh, the five-star in Atlanta as well, and uh, we'll have you covered the entire way. So uh, check us out on SoonersCoop.com. Make sure uh, you subscribe. A lot of great tidbits going out on the message boards right now uh, about the latest in recruiting and Josh and uh, Bob and everybody else kind of Eddie, keeping you update with uh, the latest breaking news that's out there and even some hints on what's going out there. So appreciate everybody listening and we'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 on SoonerScoop.com.